Welcome to All Places Together. Here we believe that our stories are connected to one another and rooted in God's radical love for diverse creation. Wherever you are, whoever you are, however you are, take a deep breath. Let's get ready to mix it up. Mixtape Volume 3 Resurrection Remix is dropping now. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. Happy Easter, y'all. For Christmas like me, Easter is more than a day. In fact, it's even more than a season. Easter is a way of life. Let me explain. Easter is the Christian festival that celebrates Jesus' resurrection from the dead. All four Gospels tell us their own version of how Jesus entered into Jerusalem, celebrated Passover with his friends, was betrayed by one of those friends, was murdered by the state on the cross, was buried, and then came back to life. In his life, death, and resurrection, Jesus forgives all our sins and conquers death shows us how to love one another, and invites us into holy community together, community that happens here in this life and continues on into the next. This means that because of that first Easter, like 220 some odd years ago, every day of my life is changed. Every day I get to live into the fullness of love, grace, mercy, and new life that God shares with me and with every person, including you. Now, new life and resurrection certainly look different in various contexts and stages of life. New life and resurrection can be felt differently by each person. So today, we're mixing together four stories of new life and resurrection. And of course, we're going to start with the Bible. First, we'll hear the Easter story from the Gospel of Luke. Joanne Folly reads for us. Joanne is a member of All Places Together who lives in Virginia. She is a daughter, wife, mom to two, and grandmother to four. One of the reasons Joanne and her husband joined APT was because of our commitment to LGBTQIA plus inclusion. We're so happy to have them as part of the All Places community, and I'm so excited for Joanne to share this reading on our first Easter together. Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, 
but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again? Then they remembered his words and returning from the tomb they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloth by themselves. Then he went home, amazed at what had happened. Here ends the reading. Goodness, there's so much to love about this story. Jesus rising from the dead being the one that I like love the most. But I also particularly love Luke's telling of Easter because of the group of women that share the news. They encounter these men in dazzling clothes in the garden. They listen to the words that the men share. And then they remember what Jesus said which is that Jesus was going to die and rise again. He told his disciples, his followers this multiple times. So they, they heard the words from the men. They remembered what Jesus said. And so they head back to the other 11 male disciples. And they're like, Jesus has been resurrected. He's not there. Like, we're not sure where he is, but he's not there. Like, he's alive somewhere. And the men, they think it's foolishness. They don't believe these women. And like, I wish I could say that I was surprised, um, but this is just the truth of patriarchy then and now. That it took uh, two other disciples, um, the two who walk with Jesus on the road to Emmaus. It kind of takes them telling these male disciples and Jesus actually appearing to them for them to wrap their minds around this. So, We're going to honor these women today, the first preachers of the resurrection. And the way that we are going to honor them is that the rest of our stories all come from voices of women. Our second story comes from Caroline Wilson. Caroline works in state government here in Virginia, and she is also a part-time seminary student at Fuller Seminary. Caroline is a regular listener of the APT podcast. She shares with us a story today about how God helps set her free from the bonds of perfectionism and how to lean more into grace. And as an Enneagram One, let me tell you, this story spoke straight to my heart, and I hope that it will be powerful for y'all too. 
Growing up, I was the good girl. If you've ever watched Modern Family, I'm Alex Dunphy. I was an honor roll student. I didn't party or drink before I was 21 or do drugs or hook up. I hardly ever got into trouble. I didn't even talk back much. I grew up in a Christian household and participated in all the church youth group events, as well as campaigners, Young Life's Bible study. I liked church and school and sports, and I was often, though not always, naturally good at what I was involved in. Though I had genuine faith in adolescence, my life was mainly about checking all the boxes of what I thought I should be doing. I felt that I needed to be good enough to earn God's grace, even though I knew it was a gift that God freely offered. I tried to behave in a way that was worthy of God's favor, which caused a lot of stress and anxiety in me. And my failed perfectionism was a source of deep shame. In reality, I was attempting to cover my feelings of inadequacy with the feeling of being in control, but it was a mirage. I was afraid of who I would be if I wasn't the good girl. When I went to college, I was excited for the chance to live in faith in a new environment, but I was still filled with a lot of pressure to do the right thing. I should make good grades. I should find that MRS degree and be married after graduation. I should find a church. I should get involved with InterVarsity, the main Christian group on my campus. There's no big twist here to partying and drinking and drugs and sex, but instead of following through with all of my good intentions, I basically ignored God my whole freshman year, living as if faith didn't matter. But I was also filled with disappointment and regret that I wasn't doing the right thing. I remember walking through campus one day, wondering if I even believed in God. Looking back, it doesn't seem like a big deal. But for a 19-year-old goody two-shoes, it was revolutionary. That summer, I went back home to my old church friends, who seemed to be living their best life on their campuses, checking all the college boxes. Sororities, boyfriends, campus ministry, leadership positions. While I was floundering, I felt like I had little to show for my freshman year, much different than my expectations and I was ashamed at how I seemed to have an immature faith after being so devout. I felt lost. Driving home from hanging out with friends one evening that summer, I remember hearing a voice say, Wait for the Lord. typically experience audible conversations with God, so this was very surprising. And it honestly didn't seem to resolve any of my anxiety about being good enough at first. And then I realized that God was gently trying to speak to me in my situation right then. I was working my ass off trying to earn salvation, but all I had to do was wait for the Lord. The work was already done, but I was acting like it was all up to me. I don't need to check all the boxes, even and especially the ones I created for myself. 
in order to be good or loved. I don't need to earn God's love by attending church every week or reading the Bible daily. Grace is a gift that I could never earn, and I don't need to. And grace is given freely because God loves me. I later found that phrase I heard in Psalm 27:14, Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Faith is resting in the knowledge and comfort that God has done the hard work for me, and I don't need to earn God's favor. This type of faith is still a work in progress for me. I am drawn to the checkboxes and shoulds. Even though I know now that my efforts don't get me any closer to God, perfectionism is still a hard habit to break. But when I fail at waiting for the Lord, God's grace meets me even there. Like me, may you rest in the beautiful gift of God's grace and wait for the Lord. Thank you, Caroline, for sharing your story of new life with us. Whether we struggle with perfectionism, shame, guilt, anxiety, or fear, your words remind us that God has got us no matter what. We don't ever have to earn God's love. Our third resurrection story comes from Pastor Courtney Smith. Courtney serves as pastor at Messiah Lutheran Church in Oakland, New Jersey, Like Caroline, she is a regular listener to the podcast, and her finding the podcast is how Courtney and I have gotten to know each other. Courtney shares with us how she experiences new life from her hashtag plant mom life. I am an avid plant parent lost count of the number of plants that I've had over the years. It started in college when my mom bought me something to take care of while I was finally off on my own. Many of my plants didn't make it over the years. Some of them did. My oldest plant, Big Boy, uh, is an eight-year-old cactus who has been through a lot with me. But since starting this journey as a plant parent, I had many failed experiments. I learned that I really cannot grow bamboo. It was the first plant my mom bought me and whew, man, I tried over and over again. I just cannot grow bamboo. But no matter how many plants died over the years, I still enjoyed having them. What went from one or two plants in my dorm room in college quickly turned into a house full of plants today. I think one of the reasons that I like plants so much and why I identify as a plant parent is that plants are a visible reminder of death and resurrection. Seeds die to the soil to bring forth flowers or trees or vegetables. Branches and leaves die in order to help plants grow bigger. And sometimes plants die altogether. Sometimes that's from lack of care, but At least in my case, most of the times a plant died, I I didn't know why. Much like in life. 
even in the midst of all of these little deaths, there's resurrection. New flowers come forth, bigger plants, different opportunities to learn, not just about the plants that I grow, but also about myself. With each new plant comes a story for me. I got big boy, my cactus, when I was in college. My favorite spider plant is a baby off of my mom's spider plant, which is over 30 years old. There's the plant that I got when I was approved for ordination. There are so many of the plants that I've gotten from my friends, a few that I've propagated for myself. Some I've commandeered from my fiance because they clean the air. Or there are the new plants for the garden of vegetables that I'm trying to grow. These plants of new life are surrounded by new opportunities and growth in my own life. And all in all, they are reminders of the way that God is at work in the world through nature, through death, through resurrection, and through me. I see it not only in my house plants, but in the seasons that we have. If you're fortunate enough to experience all four, winter, spring, summer, and fall, fall is my favorite because we are reminded that there's beauty in death. And in the spring, even amidst the seasonal allergies, we are reminded that new life is coming. Out of the winter season, we have gardens and flowers and trees and summer is around the corner. Much like in our own life, we have seasons. And God is in the middle of all of those seasons, working through all of it, bringing forth new life, even when it feels dark and scary. This Easter season, I'm reminded of all of that in the plants that I have in my home, in the ways that spring is springing up around us, and in the ways that new life is coming into my own world, my own life, my job, and my community. Thank you, Courtney, for sharing your stories with us. I love how the love and care of plants has passed down from one generation to the next in your family, just as faith is often passed down. Now, I'm not good at keeping plants alive, but I think you have inspired me to try again. Our final new life and resurrection story is from me, Pastor Colleen. I've been in physical therapy three times in my life so far. I say so far because I have recently been informed by an orthopedic that I am no longer young enough for my body to heal sufficiently on its own. I need to seek medical treatment for each fall and possible sprain. So I expect I will need additional physical therapy in my life before it's all said and done. Most recently, I've been working through an ankle injury and just completed 10 weeks of therapy, like the week before we were recording this. And let me tell you, this particular process has been a roller coaster. 
Lots of ups and lots of downs, setbacks, and a very long plateau. And after 10 weeks of physical therapy on top of a month of just rest, I feel like I am just now 75 to 85% recovered. My other times in physical therapy were a lot more straightforward than this process. Like those two, it was steady progress culminated in a restored body with exercises to keep in mind to prevent future pain. But something I noticed throughout all three of these journeys is that my mind was going through a recovery process as well. The injuries and situations that landed me in physical therapy felt like my body failed me. My muscles were too tight, too weak, and too loose. I felt some shame and lots of embarrassment about it. But it turns out it wasn't just my body that needed help. My mind did too. I wasn't able to see what life would look like for my body on the other side of therapy, and this greatly affected my mental health. The relationships with my physical therapists, the support of my husband, friends, and family, good mental health therapy, and my faith sustained me when I was at my lowest. I often think about the story of when Jesus invites Peter to walk on water when I think about physical therapy. Like Jesus is coaxing Peter, saying, come on, you can take one step. And like this vividly came to mind the other week when my therapist asked me to jump for the first time after not jumping for months. Like she had to reassure me. She had to say, I'm right here. I've got this. Just try one. And I did. And I did it. And I could have cried. But more than just taking small steps forward, this is a story of new life and resurrection for me. Like, yes, sometimes resurrection and new life happen overnight. Like, this is the power and miracle of Easter. Like one morning, we come to discover that what we thought was dead and gone is actually alive. Jesus isn't dead. Jesus is living. Yes, life is sometimes like this. We have breakthrough moments through which new life comes bursting through. A medicine works and improvement is seen the next day. A breakthrough conversation with a spouse or friend leads to a new season of growth. A new relationship sparks energy and hope. A job offer or a school admission opens up new doors and new possibilities. Like God is in all of those moments of new life. But sometimes new life and resurrection happen much slower. And God is in those moments too. My physical therapy journeys have been these slow journeys to new life like bulbs that have been planted in the soil and rest all winter before slowly sprouting above ground. This healing has taken time. But its slowness does not mean that it is still not resurrection, renewal, or life-changing healing. I'm still not entirely sure if I'll be strong in the same ways that I was before I fell. Part of me mourns that, but more of me gives thanks to my body that has kept me alive during a global pandemic for two years. 
a body that has recovered from injuries and sicknesses, both large and small, over the course of my lifetime. A body that wakes up each day, lungs breathing and heart beating, ready to go. This is the only body I have, the body that God made for me. And each day is a new chance to remember that God loves me however I am. Recovering or recovered, resurrecting or resurrected, I am not alone, and neither are you. My hope and prayer is that these stories of new life and resurrection from biblical women and women alive today have sparked your imagination to see the ways that God is moving in your life. That's what Easter is all about. Seeing and celebrating that resurrection, proclaiming that Christ is risen, Christ is risen indeed. But we celebrate that resurrection beyond Easter as well. We celebrate that resurrection every single day because we know that the risen Christ is always with us, wherever, whoever, and however we are. A prayer for resurrection. Risen and rising Jesus, you conquer death and sin through your death and resurrection. Your love brings us into this world and your love will carry us over into the life to come. And while we are here on earth, you show us new life and resurrection every day. Open our hearts to see your love at work in our lives and to hear the news of your love from people we least expect. When it still feels like we are in the shadow of the tomb, remind us that you are there with us. Empower us to join in your work of resurrection so that all the earth, all creatures, and all plants can thrive in the life you give to each of us. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at All Places Together. If you heard yourself or someone you know in these stories today, we hope you heard God too. Thank you again to Joanne, Caroline, and Courtney for sharing their voices for this first All Places Together Easter mixtape. Your voices join together with all of the women proclaimers of the gospel throughout the ages, including those very first faithful women. If you're listening to this on Easter Sunday, there's still a little more time to get your name on the list 
for our Easter Zoom communion that's happening tomorrow night. We're gathering on Monday, April 18th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'll be sharing the link for Zoom along with some instructions on how to participate via email tonight. So please reach out soon if you'd like to get on that list. You don't have to have had communion before in your life to be a part of this gathering. And you don't have to take communion if you don't want to. You're welcome to just come and be there, see what we're about. You can email me at allplacestogether at gmail.com. That's A-L-L-P-L-A-C-E-S-T-O-G-E-T-H-E-R at gmail.com. If you want to get on the list or if you have any questions, there's also a link on my Instagram bio and it's also pinned to the top of the Facebook page. Hope to see you then. All Places Together's one year anniversary is just around the corner. I can hardly believe it. One of the ways that we'll be celebrating is with a special merch sale. We're finalizing the details now for t-shirts, stickers, magnets, journals, and dog bandanas. I'm so excited for y'all to see this stuff. All of the proceeds from this sale will go towards funding a new component to the All Places Together community. Be sure that you're following APT on social media so you can see the previews of the merch and also hear more about this exciting new step for our community. To continue to see All Places Together grow, you can give through our website. Scroll to the bottom where it says Give to All Places Together and you'll be redirected to our giving platform. Thanks to our mission partners, the Virginia Synod, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, and people like you. We know that it can be hard to give financially, so don't forget that we celebrate all of the ways that you share and interact with All Places Together throughout the week and the way that you share stories from our community with people in your life. Thank you to everyone who really had fun this week with all of the Taylor Swift Holy Week reels. They were so much fun to make, and I'm so glad that y'all loved them too. I also hope that you'll consider sharing this episode, this Easter mixtape, with your favorite plant parent or someone who you think needs some extra encouragement to see God's new life at work in their life. Until next time, remember that God loves you so very much wherever, whoever, and however you are. Happy Easter!